0: you're listening to an encore presentation of you bet your garden
1: from the aromatic studios at lehigh valley public media in bethlehem pa it's time for another herbalistic episode of chemical free horticultural hijinks you bet your garden i am your host mike mcgrath rosemary is a remarkable plant but does it have the power to deter insect pests on today's show, we'll reveal Rosemary's true potential to improve alertness and memory and review which plants can repel pests like mosquitoes, just in time for biting season. Otherwise, it's a fabulous phone call show. Yes, cats and kittens, potential guests are busy buying time, so we will take that heap and helping. Of your telecommunicated questions, comments, tips, tricks, suggestions, and fiendishly frothy fomentations, so keep your eyes and or ears right here, True Believers, because it's all coming up faster than you finally remembering where you put your car keys right after this. Support comes from Hot Bin Composters, designed to reduce waste and create compost within 30 to 90 days. More information at hotbincomposting-us.com. Welcome to another hybrid episode of You Bet Your Gardens, at Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. I am your host, Mike McGrath, and we got a crazy show for you again, cats and kittens. In the question of the week, we'll discuss two aspects of herbalism, what rosemary can do to improve your mental health, and which herbs in your garden might make you distasty to insect pests like mosquitoes. We're also gonna take a lot of your phone calls, some of which may be old, many of which will be new. So whatever's coming up, you haven't heard it all yet. And you will if you keep on listening right here Carol, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Thanks, Mike. How are you doing? I am just ducky. Thanks for asking, Carol. Ducky thanks you, too. He's wearing his protective mask. Um, (laughs) How are you doing?
2: Well, it's okay. This is northeastern Oklahoma, and uh, it's the same in... Same old in and out every day with the houseplants. It's hot in the daytime,
1: cold at night, so. Yeah, you're getting a strange weather for Oklahoma. Well, yes. I mean, that's redundant, right? <laughs> you know, strange weather in Oklahoma. What a shock, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, the birds are nesting already. It's pretty shocking to see them gathering the dog hair and hauling it away already.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's, a, well, it's about time here for that. You know, they they've been singing and flirting and fighting, you know, so pretty soon we're going to see eggs.
2: I really like my Ecopian bird savers. You featured him a few years ago, and this has saved many, many birds from uh, window strikes.
1: Oh, thank you. Um, yes, that was a wonderful episode. This was a guy who made um, essentially long beaded strings with uh, sinkers on the end, and you hung them in front of your windows, and no more bird strikes.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's he's a welcome guest. Anytime you want to feature him,
1: I'd like to hear him again. I would like to dig out his old information. If he's listening to this show, please get back in touch. Yeah, because that was... Um, it doesn't happen often, but when the sun is at the correct angle, every once in a while, I'll hear a thud on my office window, and I'll see a confused bird kind of staggering around like he just came out of a bar at two in the afternoon. You know? Yeah.
2: Well, he's over there in eastern Pennsylvania, so he should be easy to find, Michael.
1: Oh, could you remember better than I do? <laughs> but again, that's almost redundant. All right, Carol. That's great. Thank you for bringing that up and reminding us of that. What can we do you for? Well, I
2: had put some stem ends, the, the hard, fibrous cabbage ends, out into the compost compost pile, just tossed them out there,
3: mm-hmm. th-
2: thinking later on I'll come back and shred them, only to find about two weeks later that they had leafed out hugely, and I am wondering if I have found a shortcut to new cabbages without starting from
1: plants or seed? Um, If you had asked me this question six months ago, I would have said, wow, that's groovy, but I don't know. However, I did a book signing. I have uh, a... a new version, a new edition of my tomato book that Fox Chapel has been publishing for the last couple of years, and I did a book signing at a uh, library convention, a a convention of librarians, and uh, I was at the Fox Chapel table, and they had a couple of other gardening books. One of those was called, and I think this is the exact title, Regrow, Your Vegetables, and it was originally published in Germany, but of course it's been translated and everything, and of course the pictures um, don't change, and they are uh, just perfectly instructional. I've been trying to figure out a way to interview the author, even though she's in Germany. Um, We have been able to set those lines up every once in a while, but if I can't do that, I'm going to do a question of the week just on this book, because I find it fascinating, And she covers about a dozen things, uh, maybe even more, just like this that you can do with parts of your vegetables that you typically would compost. You know, yeah, the the root end of onions, just as you point out, the roots of cabbage, Um, and then for people who've had no success trying to get the hydroponic uh, herbs from their uh, supermarket, like especially basil with those long spindly um, roots to root in their garden, she explains that's not how you do it. You do it like it was um, an African violet. You take a, a long stem off and you get that stem to grow little baby roots in water, then you move it over into soil. But absolutely, yes, this is a great shortcut. Um, And also, what a wonderful thing to do with kids, because everything gets started inside. So you can play around with this stuff in the winter and just see it happening, even if you can't actually get it through to success. And a lot of times you're not going to get a huge harvest. But it's uh, it, it's more fun than a barrel of monkeys. Um, it's And she and her partner, the co-writer of the book, have figured out how to do this successfully for quite a few things that, um, again, normally go into the compost. And I've been itching to try some of these, but I've been too busy, you know, starting my tomatoes and peppers and everything like that. Uh, But I think in the fall, I'm going to play around with this, uh, you know, keep my grow lights up and play around with this and see how far we can take it.
2: Yeah, I found some real bad-looking carrots in the way, way, way back of the refrigerator that were sprouting on the top and rooting on the bottom. And I think I might try lying them on their side out there in the compost and see what happens with
1: them. Okay, now, that's a whole other topic because Um, carrots are biennials, they um, are two-year plants because oh. th- think about it. We plant carrots by seed, right? Yep. Whoever saw carrot seed, where, where did it come from? Right. It, it comes from the second-year plant. Professional seed growers grow carrots. They do not harvest them. They leave them in the ground. And the second year, they will grow very strong roots, and they will flower, on the top, and the flowers look a lot like Queen Anne's lace, and they're very good at um, attracting beneficial insects. Right. But uh, my understanding is the carrot loses all its flavor. But if you put this in the center of a bed, you'll have ladybugs. You'll have lace wings. You'll have native bees coming in. So you'll get pollination, you'll get aphid eaters, and you'll get very pretty flowers. And again, that's just a a fun thing to do.
2: Well, this is fantastic. You know, after St. Patrick's Day, there was a huge dumpster load of um, cabbages and the freegan crew, we're not dumpster divers, we're freegans, uh, harvested them, and, you know, a lot of them, this is all they're good for. I did notice one of these things appears to be going to flower. Mm-hmm. And so even then, the little tiny pollinators, just like you said, will love those tiny brassica flowers. Yep. So either way, it doesn't matter whether I get a new cabbage or if I just get flowers. It's it's quite an interesting thing, and uh, I'm glad I didn't shred them like I was going to.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of... Uh, supermarkets and restaurants couldn't have their St. Patrick's Day feast, and uh, you know, unfortunately, it's it's we're becoming aware that food banks, even the most sophisticated ones, just can't absorb massive amounts of fresh produce and and keep it going. But maybe that's one silver lining that'll come out of this virus epidemic is they'll learn to be a little bit better prepared, perhaps, uh, to handle large amounts of this, because it's a a sin what's going to waste now. Uh, But the stream is full, so to speak. The food banks can't handle any more fresh produce. But, you know, next time, I think we'll be ready. But, yeah, if you want to have fun, the book is called uh, Regrow Your Vegetables, and it's published by Fox, Chapel, Press And they're here in Pennsylvania. They're out by uh, Lancaster, PA. And you can go to their website. You can go online. But it's a fascinating book. And anybody who's like homeschooling their children now that um, at least in all the areas surrounding me, school will not be physically open again until next until next year, until the fall. um, This would be a great thing uh, to do with your kids.
2: Yeah, the kids were really neat. They had come up with a uh, biological control uh, reference for grasshoppers. They were hearing about the locust explosion in East Africa. Yeah. And and the 7-year-old kid said, you know, I read something. It's just like that BT stuff, Auntie. Yep. It's called, it's called Nosema locusti. Yep. It, it makes them stop eating. And I thought, wow, this kid is so far ahead of me.
1: Yes. And the interesting thing, one of the things I learned, because I'm, I'm hazy on a lot of botany, but I'm a pretty good entomologist, is locusts are grasshoppers, but when there is an abundance of grasshoppers, when they hit a certain population level, they actually mutate into a slightly different insect, and that's the locust. But they, they all started out as grasshoppers, so the kid's exactly right. Nosema is exactly the right biological control.
2: Yeah, and he says, you know, you can get this stuff in 50 pound bags of bran. Grandma, yep. what, what's bran? I don't know everything about it except what bran
3: was.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, yes. Uh, uh, the book is Regrow Your Vegetables from Fox Chapel. You should get a copy, because you sound like you love doing this kind of stuff, and I will feature it on an upcoming show.
2: Well, thanks. I wish the library was open. I'd head over there right now, but it's another victim.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, take care, be safe, and uh, pretty soon, hopefully, we'll all be back to normal. Well, it's time for me to take a little break and remind everybody that you are listening to a hybrid episode. Of You Bet Your Garden with a mix of old calls, new calls, unpaid bills, and a classic question of the week. So don't go out to yell at your evil squirrels for planting black walnuts under your brandy wands just yet because we'll be right back with the power of rosemary and more of your powerful phone calls. I'm Mike McGrath and you're listening to You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Rodale Institute Radio at Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. Support comes from Hot Bin Composters, designed to be compact, odor-free, and easy to use. They can help anybody get started composting. More information at hotbincomposting-us.com. Welcome back to another thrilling episode of You Bet Your Garden. This is another of those hybrid episodes, cats and kittens, with old phone calls, new phone calls, a classic question of the week, and, of course, me. Well, you know, some of the phone calls are new, okay? Dale, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Thank you, Mike. Oh, thank you, Dale. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty
5: well, pretty well. I've learned much from you, Mike.
1: Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Where are you, sir?
5: I'm in Eugene, Oregon. Okay.
1: Now, I think I've been to Eugene, but refresh uh, me where we are on the map.
5: Okay. Well, Portland is our big city. It's mm-hmm. uh, in, We're in the western portion of the state. Right. Uh, 60 miles from the ocean and 100 miles south of Portland in the Willamette Valley. Oh, sure.
1: Absolutely. Um uh, Am I correct? That's uh, an up-and-coming wine-growing region.
5: Oh, yes, very much. Very much.
1: Yeah. So now you got me thinking about wine <laughs> there i go you know they closed they closed the liquor stores here in pennsylvania you know. they did oh yeah yeah that's an essential service that's what we all said how are you how are you supposed to deal with this sober luckily pennsylvania now allows you to buy wine online so
5: oh how generous
1: <laughs> yeah exactly all right what can we do for you sir
5: Uh, I have a landscape garden, Mike. I've been at this for quite a while. Um, And basically I would call it my backbone plant in this garden is a Mahonia repens. This is a shrub, an evergreen shrub. It gets to about three feet tall. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's shade tolerant, and it allows me to uh, create little uh, backgrounds Uh, in my garden, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I have more than 20 of these plants. Beginning this winter, uh, I began to notice a fungus infection in a few of them, Um, and then as spring has come along, um, 80% of these plants now have a serious fungus infection, talk to Um, me
1: about the symptoms
5: all right Uh, well we get uh, discoloration on the leaves a kind of a little bit of a hint of reddish darkness right then it progresses to uh, what I would call black spot okay and then uh, now what I did was when I saw this happening I stripped all of those infected leaves off of the plant Okay. And now the new growth is coming in, and it is affected mm-hmm. a- on most of the plants, and it's a kind of a crinkled leaf, uh, occasional a little blackness on mm-hmm. a stem, and um, it's a, I would say uh, a thwarted growth. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just kind of amazing how um, it... it Ninety-five percent of it is all in this one species.
1: Right, but it's your backbone species, as you say. It, exactly. Well, <laughs> you know, geez, I mean, how about uh, a backbone transplant? <laughs> <Are> there, <laughs> okay. Anything else you like that's around that size?
5: Yeah. Um, I, um, I'd, I'd, uh, when I first saw it this winter, I tried neem oil spray.
1: Good choice
5: little effect. Okay. Um, Now I have switched to a, uh, it's called a Cornell solution.
1: Oh, sure. The baking soda. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard of the Cornell solution for ages. I forget this stuff sometimes.
5: uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it's all online there somewhere. Oh yeah. (laughs) And so I've been spraying with that. I think that it is helping the new growth a little bit.
1: What are the plants growing out of? Uh, bare ground, a lawn, are they mulched?
5: Um, uh, they are in, uh, actually, I have a lot of raised beds because I live in a wet area.
1: Good, 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 because these plants and, don't um, like wet feet.
5: Yeah, so the oldest of these plants have been in the ground more than five years, and uh, they are, uh, I think about air circulation. Yes, very good. And the, I don't see that as a problem. The plants do get extremely dense
3: mm-hmm. and,
5: and I may that may be a factor.
1: Yes, because you have constant humidity where you are, right?
5: Uh, yes, although uh, uh, it's not as bad as our reputation.
1: Right, neither am I, but that's, you know, <laughs> the symptoms you describe uh, could be a disease. Now, I imagine you've researched this uh, to learn the big problems with the Mahonia.
5: Well, um, the, the one, uh, I did research fungal disease, mm-hmm. and uh, it, the closest thing I found was something with a huge name called Something like cylindracladium.
1: Cladium. Okay. I used to go I, out with her sister. Yeah. <laughs> Cynthia Cladium. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make some suggestions. Okay. Uh, and by the way, what are the raised beds filled with?
5: Uh, originally, planting soil. We have very good sources of uh, garden soils here
3: mm-hmm.
5: and uh, planting soil. And then they've been, per- I'm a heavy mulcher uh... using compost good 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 uh... and so they've been uh... they've get a layer of, a little bit of compost every year that's excellent so you know i have many many very healthy plants and uh... but this guy has really got me worried
1: well to me it's almost sounds cultural um, uh-huh. these plants uh... do suffer winter damage you know uh... huh, and they could go into the spring somewhat weakened if you got a, a really cold winter. Um, I know you're not in Portland. Uh, uh-huh. Where you are in, in near the valley, does it get freezing cold in the winter or is it still pretty mild?
5: It's a, it's a mild climate. Uh, our, our winters, um, uh, normal winters are rarely below freezing.
1: Right, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, so.
5: Yeah, what I'm so thinking, though, the,
1: is the constant mist and rains. These leaves never get a chance to dry off.
5: Well, uh, Mike, we had a, um, uh, a pretty dry winter, mm-hmm. um, and a dry and warm, a fairly warm uh, winter. What I want you to do uh,
1: is go to the website of the Colorado Extension, uh, Washington State Extension, any place that has the kind of conditions that you live in and Uh look up the plant. Do not try to diagnose it yourself. See what Uh the plant is susceptible to. I have researched this plant in the past, but it's years and years ago. Uh I think what you got is a form of leaf spot, um, overcrowding, lack of airflow. It's possible that these need I, I, BUT I DON'T KNOW, CAN THEY TAKE A REJUVENATION PRUNING? CAN THEY BE CUT cut BACK BY A THIRD AND STILL PROSPER? YES. WELL, I WOULD INCREASE THE AIRFLOW, I WOULD DOUBLE DOWN ON THE COMPOST, I WOULD CHECK THAT SOIL, EVEN THOUGH IT'S A RAISED BED, um, MAKE SURE IT'S STILL NOT SATURATED, AS YOU HAVE A LOT OF HIGH WATER TABLES IN YOUR AREA, TOO. YES. Um, And then keep doing the Cornell spray. I like the Cornell spray. That's baking soda and oil, right?
5: Uh, Yeah, oil and... um, A little bit of soap. uh, Correct.
1: Yeah, okay. That's an excellent... That's an excellent one. I would also, if that's working, maybe try a sulfur. No, um, sulfur? Uh Copper. Copper, thank you. Ah, it's just a... (laughs) It's just a different element. Yeah, I would try a copper spray or maybe even a Bordeaux mix, which is- Bordeaux. Yeah, Bordeaux like in in France. Yeah. Um, Bordeaux mix is copper and, um, oh, and lime.
5: Okay. Now let me tell you. Um, I did purchase uh, something called copper fungicide.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's fine.
5: And uh, I had uh, no luck uh, trying to trying to dust it. So uh, contrary to recommendations, I put some in the soil huh. around one of my plants last fall. Yeah. And it worked miraculously. Well. But i I'm very hesitant, though. Is that? Am I still organic if I'm using? Oh yeah, it?
1: sure. It's an element, man. It's in the periodic
5: table. <laughs> okay. All right. Well. Um, uh, and literally, I hope it goes back.
1: It goes back untold centuries as a disease fighter.
5: I see. Okay. Great. Well, I will. Uh, I will uh, increase my use of that.
1: Yeah, I think you solved your own problem, man.
5: Well. Okay.
1: Uh, double uh, down on that and stay in touch. Let us know how it works. Thank you very much, Mike. Oh, my pleasure. You take care. Bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye. little box, little box, little box, little box, little box a box. little box little box in box and box and box in box. little box little box and box and box and box box. Little bug, little bug, little bug, little bug, little One little bug, little bug, little bug, little bug,
1: little bug, little bug. Sarah, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Hi, Mike. Thank you for taking my call. Well, thank you for making it, Sarah. How are you?
0: Very good. I'm having a great day. How about
1: you? I am just ducky, thank you. Where is Sarah having a great day? I'm in Hocassin, Delaware. Okay, very good. What can we do for Sarah in Delaware?
0: Well, I have um, two potted plants that I was looking to plant outside. They are both pussy willows. Ah. I, I forced them to grow roots in water from the, uh, from the cuttings that I got from the flower show last year in Philly. Right. And I was hoping to plant them in the ground, but I know that, the, uh, that pussy willows have to be planted far away from water lines because they grow roots that are pretty far down into the ground and and spread out very well,
3: too.
1: Yeah, that's all willows. Now, let's back up for a minute because it is fun uh, to put plants that root easily into water and watch all those huge white roots come out. Um, Mm -hmm. Are they still in water or did you change them over to soil at some point?
0: Oh, no. Once the roots were a few inches long, I put them into soil. They've been in soil for over a year. It was not from last flower show, but the one before. Okay. So they've actually been outdoors um, since that time. They they survived the last winter.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: They're very hardy plants. Um, d- did you say they spent the winter outside in their pots?
0: Yes, they did. We put them in a bunch of, we put a bunch of our pots together of the plants that we didn't have space to bring indoors. Right. And uh, kept them in a sunny location close to the house and and sort of put leaf mulch over the top and and around and and in between, hoping to keep them warm enough.
1: Well, it's not so much keeping them warm enough. You did well, by the way. Um, Mm -hmm. What you're doing is you're preventing uh, rapid temperature changes, like especially in the sun. If it goes down to 30 that night and then three o'clock in the afternoon, bright sun, the plants are all warmed up, then they go crashing down. So really the idea of mulch is to keep the temperature fairly constant at the root level. As you you know, you can't keep them warm, um, but you can keep them from being on the roller coaster. Yeah. And this was a sign of just how hardy these plants are. <clears throat> I do have a pussy willow in my um in my garden. It was along the side of the house. And when we had to do the renovations, we had to pull that pussy willow out of there. And I just took cuttings from it and stuck them in the ground. And every place I stuck them, the um the pussy willow grew. So now we're talking about advantageous roots and water lines. Um Pussy willow roots, willow roots, um, maple roots, that uh, plants that have a bad reputation. Oh, they wrap themselves around your pipes and crack them. It's actually the opposite. What happens is with plants like this that have a lot of root system, that like to process a lot of water, they will look for water. And if your underwater lines either going into the house or your waste pipe coming out, already has a crack in it and it's leaking, they'll be attracted there and then they'll eventually get themselves inside. This is not as huge a situation as people think. It's like the old Roto-Rooter thing. Um, There are many services that can come out to your house and not for a ridiculous amount of money. They'll send a camera down the line and then if it's filled with roots, um, they'll just send a saw down there, essentially a circular saw, and push all the root systems out in into the drainage area. But then <clears throat> when you take the camera back out, you can see if there's a crack, you know, especially if you have old terracotta piping or anything like that. And this tells you that you're losing water or your wastewater is going into the groundwater, but then you know exactly where it is and you can dig it up and do that replacement part there. So, it is wise to plant them as far away from these areas as possible but it's really it, it's almost like the situation with carpenter ants who don't eat sound wood if you see carpenter ants eating your house that means your house was starting to rot So these trees more than anything will tell you if you have a um, an existing problem although i like the idea of swamp thing and superman like with you know super strength wrapping around your pipes and crushing them, you know. (laughs) What, uh, with, now, with pussy willows, yours are growing upright, right?
0: I have, um, I've staked them a little bit within the pots so that they'll grow upright. Okay, so
1: here's here's my advice. Obviously, plant them uh, as far away from water lines as you can. Don't worry about it, but pussy willows are also easy to keep manageable. You can, after they're done blooming, which would be around this time of year, you can cut them back by a foot. Any part of the plant that is in full sun is going to bloom again the following year. And one of the great advantages of pussy willows is they, or they're some of the earliest plants to bloom in the late winter, early spring, and you'll be amazed at the native bees who come to them native bees are active on every warm day and when it gets to the end of winter they love having pussy willow around or or any kind of willow um, because there's the pollen in it is remarkable and it's a great way to establish a pollinator garden okay well thank you very much all right thank you good luck thanks very much bye-bye bye-bye Well, it's time for me to take a little break and remind everyone that you are listening to a hybrid episode of You Bet Your Garden, a mix of old calls, new calls, everything borrowed and violets of blue recorded during marathon sessions back in April. Plenty more coming up, so don't be going outside to watch the deer finish off the last of your lettuce just yet because we'll be right back with the power of rosemary and more of your powerful phone calls. I'm Mike McGrath, and you're listening to a hybrid episode of You Bet Your Garden. Back to another thrilling hybrid episode of You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Rodale Institute Radio at Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. I am your host, Mike McGrath. Coming up in just a little bit, what can rosemary actually do for you? Is it a pest repellent or is it a mental accuracy booster? And are there plants you can grow that repel mosquitoes? We'll get to that fascinating information after a couple more of your fabulous phone calls. Christy, welcome to You Bet Your Garden.
6: Thank you. I live in Albertus, Pennsylvania.
1: So what can we do for Christy in Albertus?
6: So I have a mystery plant that I received. Um, It was a gift Mm -hmm. that I got through a a service, 1-800-Flowers, that came to my house. I'm not really sure what it is. Um, I have a really terrible brown thumb, uh-huh. and I'm not really sure how to take care of it either.
1: What was the, what was the gifting occasion?
6: Um, it was actually for a family member that passed. It was sent to me. So.
1: Okay. Now, mm-hmm. is this a bunch of different plants in a dish, or is it, um, you know, because generally with that, they'll send an arrangement if it's live plants. There'll be four or five kind of tropical house plants in. Um,
6: it in- doesn't really look tropical. It okay. Doesn't, the, the bottom of it says that it's a lilac, but I'm not really sure that's what it is.
1: Oh, that would be interesting. What, what size pot is it in? Is it in a traditionally sized pot or a dish?
6: It's a, more of a traditional sized pot.
1: And, of course, no, um, no, no tag, no help, no assistance.
6: Right. Well, the picture that you see, if you can see the pot that it's in, yeah. the picture that's on the outside of that pot is pictures of lilacs, and it says lilac on it. Okay. But I'm not sure that's what, is, what it actually is.
1: Would you like to have a lilac? <laughs> All right. So let's presume it, it is a lilac. You can, you can check that out. Do you have a space outdoors for a plant that uh, literally should grow into a, a fairly large flowering shrub?
6: I do. I have a space.
1: And mm-hmm. does it get good sun?
6: Uh, if I were to plant it, it would be under trees. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Be, yes. So
1: then you wouldn't get any lilacs. That wouldn't work out. How okay. about uh, neighbors, family that lives in the area, family that lives relatively nearby with a big yard?
6: Uh, I have family about an hour south.
1: So, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. South. So mm-hmm. where, where are they? In, in Philly? Conshohocken.
6: Conshohocken. Mm-hmm. Okay. Suburb
1: yeah. of Philly. And mm-hmm. they have room.
6: They have a yard, yeah. Okay. That would,
1: that would work. Uh, and you have visitation rights. There's...
6: I do. There's no family <laughs> issues my, it's here. It's my stepdad, yeah. It's, it oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Um Well, that, that's my suggestion. Unless they tell you differently, if you choose to do some detective work, I would take it over to your dad's house. A lilacs like full sun, and they like to be away from other plants. They can be real drama queens. But okay. if, if you treat them nicely, you, the fragrance and the blooms, my lilac is uh, blooming right now. And it's just anytime I'm I'm outside and I'm depressed about my weeds, I just grab one of those suckers and inhale them and I'm, I'm good for another hour of weed whacking. So okay. um, <laughs> dig a wide hole, not a mm-hmm. deep one, as we will constantly repeat this spring. Um, plant it higher, a little higher than it was in the pot. Don't improve the soil in the planting hole. Fill the hole back up with the soil you dug out. But then find some good yard waste compost. You know, whether you have some compost, whether a friend has compost, your stepdad, or buy a bag of premium compost. You'll never be sorry that you did. And then give it a two-inch mulch of compost. And because it's a new planting, it's very important that your stepdad uh, will first, after you put it in the hole, you wanna take a a garden hose out to it, turn the hose nozzle to just drip like an annoying motel room faucet and Mm -hmm. put it at the base of the plant, let it drip there for several hours and ask your stepdad to do that once a week if we don't get lots of rain.
6: Okay, good to know, thank you.
1: All right, my pleasure, thank you, Christy.
4: Well, they saw it first in Southeast PA And it's spreading further every day It's doing our crops and trees a lot of harm It's an insect species that's not native Reproducing at a very high rate of speed And folks, that's causing some alarm Now, once you dig what I have dug You'll be hit to this invasive bug And friend, you'll want to help to stop it spread. And when you see that little critter Gonna take a swing like a home run hitter And smash that spotted lantern fly dead Die, 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 spotted fly. When you see me coming, you'll know your end is nigh I got a fly swatter, I'm gonna chase you all the way back to Asia Die, 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 spotted lanternfly In fall, find the eggs on a wall tree trunk And scrape them off into an alcohol dunk And surely that will cause them to expire When the nymphs hatch from the eggs in spring Wrap your trees with a stick tape ring But save the birds by covering with chicken wire the Tree of Heaven is their preferred host Yeah, that's the tree it likes the most So if you got one in your yard, chop it down Don't transport firewood, brush or debris Cause they'll hide in there and you'll never see them Hitch a ride with you to the very next town Die, 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 spotted lanternfly When you see me coming, you'll know your end is nigh I gotta flash water, I'm gonna chase you all the way back to Asia Die, 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 die. die spotted lanternfly When you see me coming you'll know your end is nigh I got my water. I'm gonna chase ya all the way back to Asia die 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 spotted lantern fly the so die 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 spotted lantern fly yeah, yeah, yeah. When you see me coming you'll know you the know reason you why I got my water. I'm gonna chase ya all the way back to Asia die 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 spotted lantern fly the so die 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 spotted lantern fly
1: As promised, it is time for the question of the week. Is rosemary an insect repelling plant? Janice in Mesquite, Texas writes, what insects does rosemary repel? I'm thinking about planting it among my flowers. Well, insect-repelling plants are a perennial topic, but one that we have not yet addressed on this new version of our show. And it's a great topic for this time of year, so let's have at it. First, there are very few, if any, plants that can repel insect pests just sitting around in the garden. Now, because of its pungency, resinousness, and woody nature... Rosemary itself has few to zero insect problems, but that's not going to translate to neighborhood protection, at least in normal amounts. You might be able to protect a small group of plants by surrounding them with a circle of rosemary, but that doesn't sound very practical. However, there are tremendous advantages to just plain growing rosemary. Although the winter climate in Mesquite, Texas is not as mild as most people would suspect, it rarely drops below freezing for any length of time, which means that you can probably grow rosemary year round outdoors as long as the soil drains well and the plant is not crowded with other plants. Rosemary really likes good dry airflow. And the official meteorological term for mesquite's humidity levels in July and August is, quote, miserable. That's one step below oppressive. Now, two great uses for this plant stand out. The first is its ability to make people more alert, especially when they're really tired. The second is the possibility of its potent phytonutrients to stave off dementia. As my dear departed friend, retired USDA researcher Dr. James Duke liked to say, sage will not make you sage, but rosemary will. It is, quote, the herb of remembrance. So it wakes you up when you're tired, improves your memory, and may help you stave off dementia. And all you got to do is prune off a sprig, rough it up, and inhale that unmistakable aroma. All right, back to insects. Remember those ads for the famous mosquito-repelling plant? They showed a couple dining at a table outside with a potted plant in between them, and angry mosquitoes spinning away faster than a vampire who sees the sun coming up. Now, no plant in a pot can do that, but the famous mosquito-repelling plant actually does repel mosquitoes. It's a lemon-scented geranium. And virtually all lemon-scented flowers and herbs have the ability to repel mosquitoes if you crush up the leaves and rub them on your exposed skin. They're nature's insect repellent. In well-controlled medical studies, lemon thyme, that's T-H-Y-M-E, was the clear winner among garden herbs. Crushed and rubbed on the skin, lemon thyme repelled mosquitoes just as well, and for just as long, as some concentrations of the chemical repellent deep. And lemon thyme is a beautiful plant with variegated leaves and a nice trailing habit that makes it perfect for hanging baskets and rock gardens. But alas, it is a small plant and you'd have to grow a lot of it to get a summer's worth of natural mosquito protection. That's why I personally grow Lemon Balm, B-A-L-M. Yeah, it is a member of the mint family that spreads like wild if not controlled, but it works well against mosquitoes, has a wonderful lemony fragrance, and the plants are big enough to easily grow a whole summer supply. When you need to use it, just clip off some branches, turn them upside down, strip the leaves off, and then crush and rub. Back to rosemary. There are several excellent natural mosquito repellents on the market. The one with the most science and best retail distribution is called Repel Lemon Eucalyptus. Studies have shown it to be as effective as some fairly strong concentrations of DEET. And Lemon Eucalyptus, unlike DEET, is non-toxic. Many herbalists who blend their own sprays almost always use lemon eucalyptus or lemon thyme as the main active ingredient, mixed with essences of other plants that have shown prevention potential, including catnip, peppermint, lavender, and, yes, rosemary. Now, some really necessary words of caution. There's no potential harm in inhaling the fragrance of live rosemary or lemon balm as aromatherapy. The noted natural physician Dr. Andy Weil once told me that he felt that inhaling fresh lemon balm was a much better cure for depression than St. John's wort. But rubbing plant material on your skin is another thing entirely. So before you slather anything all over yourself, crush up a small amount of the plant in question and just rub it on a small section of your arm to make sure that you're not going to have an allergic or irritant reaction. Never use the undiluted essential oils of these plants on your skin. They can be highly corrosive. The essential oils sold in health food stores are highly concentrated and must be diluted with large amounts of a carrier like almond oil to be used safely. If you want to learn how to do this, take classes with an herbalist. Do not rely on internet misinformation. And finally, Don't confuse lemon-scented herbs with real lemons. The peels of oranges and lemons are highly reactive with human skin, especially if that skin is then exposed to sunlight. Vacationers often learn this the hard way when they play a game that involves passing lemons and oranges to each other without using their hands. The result doctors call cruise ship rash. Well, that sure was some interesting advice on how to improve your memory and not get bit by Skeeters, now, wasn't it? Luckily, for those of you who wish to read the information over in detail, the Question of the Week appears in print at the Gardens Alive website. Just click the link for the Question of the Week at our website, which is still and will forever be, say it with me, kids, youbetyourgarden.org. Gardens Alive supports the You Bet Your Garden Question of the Week, and you'll always find the latest Question of the Week at the Gardens Alive website. Yikes, my producer is threatening to rip out my rosemary if I don't get out of this studio. Come on, it's the first time it survived the winter. Yeah, we must be out of time. But you can call us anytime at 833-727-9588 or send us your email, your tired, your poor, your wretched refuse teeming towards our garden shore at YB, YG, at WLVT.org. Always please include your location, even if you think we know you. You'll find all of our contact information, plus answers to your garden questions, audio of this show, video of this show, audio and video of old shows, and links to our internationally renowned podcast. It is all at our website, YouBetYourGarden.org. You Bet Your Garden is a half-hour public television show, an hour-long public radio show and podcast, all produced and delivered to you weekly at Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. Our radio show is distributed by PRX, the public radio exchange. You Bet Your Garden was created by Mike McGrath. Mike McGrath was created when his older brother dropped a pack of Mars Attacks bubblegum cards into his crib. Ken Queter plays our theme song. Our chief content officer is Yoni Greenbaum. Our angel of the airways is Christine Dempsey. Our sequestered engineer is cheerful Charlie Sarah. Our social media director is Amanda Norfleet. Check out her fine work at the You Bet Your Garden pay, 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 pace, Facebook page. Mm. Our peerless princess of profound production is Tavia Mini. Minis. Facebook page. Page. Our website wonder is Nicole Harrell. Our audio editor is the lovely Jonas Bowen. Our video editor is judicious Jake Boyer. Our harassed and harried director is Javier Diaz. Eric Werner is doing a lot of things, but he's working from home or he's in another room, so I'm not sure what. Special thanks as always to Jacob Mars for being our one-man band. Zach Tatakwisneski is also in the house. Continued thanks to our fearless leader, CEO Tim Fallon, who either keeps allowing us to come in to tape new material or still has no idea that we're here. I'm your host, Mike McGrath, saying keep your tomatoes dry, your peppers hot, and your potatoes buried while you play an old John Prine album and eat a lot of peaches. And I'll see you with all the other angels from Montgomery next week. Support comes from Hot Bin Composters. Hot Bin Composters are designed to be compact, odor-free, and easy to use, with simple instructions and everything that's needed. Hot Bin Composters can help anyone get started with composting. More information is available at hotbincomposting-us.com.
0: You've been listening to an encore presentation of You Bet Your Garden.